Look, all I wanna do is make the city project. Yeah. Wishing all the OGs could see me, nah, nah, yeah. And when you feel something you can't see, but you know it's meant to be, you gon' realize that this is bigger than me, yeah. Hello everybody! Welcome to another episode of Mad Mondays. My name is Marilyn Chanel and I am your hostess and also the founder of Minorities Who Are Astonishingly Driven Scientists, aka Mad Scientists. And Mad Scientists is a nonprofit organization that aims to serve underrepresented minorities in STEM. And those who have had to take the non-traditional route in STEM, those who have had difficulty navigating their path of pursuing a career in STEM, we're here to teach them that they are graced to dominate STEM. And today, we are here to answer the question of, is this field for me? Oh my gosh, help, am I in the right field? Believe me. I've had those questions. My friends have had those questions. Your mom and dad have had those questions. People you see who look like they're killing it on Instagram, YouTube, they have had those same questions as well. Because I feel like we all go through it at one point in our lives or even more where we question, am I in the right place? Am I in the right seat? Am I in the right building? Am I in the right field? Did I go to school for nothing? Believe me, we've all have had those questions. So yeah. So if you're someone who's ever wondered whether you're in the right field or whether the field you're in is really for you, this is the episode where we are going to crack down on that because I definitely have. So yeah, so I want to talk about everybody has a lane. Everybody has an area that they're called to. Everybody has a place. Now, whether this area is the same throughout your whole life or not, it may or may not be. Some people, in the beginning of their life, they may have one area that they're in, and then maybe God calls them to another area, and then they switch. But here's the thing. You always have to know how to navigate and how to ask the right questions of when is it time to switch, and also praying about it, asking people, getting mentors to help you really can help you navigate that. But yeah, so like I said, everybody has an area that they're called to. And so when we know that we have an area that we're called to, we always want to make sure that we do, we ask the right questions to know that we're in the right seats. So how do we navigate? How do we know that whether we're in the right field or not? So first, I want to talk about this. I need you to write down or think about your interests. What are some things that just spark, like just have the sparklers go off in your head of like, oh my gosh, I love this. What are your interests? It, I mean, it doesn't really have to be a hobby. Yeah, yeah, you can turn a hobby into a career. But what are just some things that you're passionate about? And write that down. What are your passions? What are your interests? For me, when I was younger, I was always interested in making things naturally, <laughs> like making things in my kitchen. And so whenever something would happen and I would get sick, I was like, I don't want to take a pill. I want to get on Google and I want to see how can I cure this thing naturally? How can I how can I treat my cold symptoms naturally? And also, I would be in the kitchen and I was like, 
I didn't have a whole lot of money to be going out buying a whole bunch of hair products. So I was in the kitchen whipping up deep conditioners, making face masks out of honey, out of avocado, all these things. But I was so interested in this. And so this really played a part in for what I would major in college. And so I, I advise you to do the same thing. Start going back to your roots. Start going back to some things that really spark your interest. And yeah. And so from this, what I started to do is I started to say, okay, if I like natural things and I like this and I want to see if there are people who are doing the same thing because I know I want to, I may be able to make a career out of this. So boom. And that brings me to point number two, and that is doing your research. We have honestly at our fingertips computers we have computers in our pockets right you can go and do a quick google search and find somebody who is in the field that you are interested in and for me since i was interested in how how can we do this naturally are there any doctors who may be curing people naturally with things and you know i started to find that there are people who are holistic doctors instead of treating maybe just a symptom of something they would treat their patients holistically and say, all right, so what does your diet look like? How has your diet been looking? What do you eat in a span of a week? What is your exercise routine? What is your pre-existing conditions? How, what is your, how has your family history played into you getting this injury or you having this disease? And I really became interested in that. And I was like, wow, I like that. Or I became more interested in the integrative approach of mixing holistic medicine um, and um, like alternative medicine but also mixing with traditional medicine because I knew that you may not be you may not always be able to treat somebody naturally because you may have somebody who's in a dire need and they need help right now so them waiting for treatment may not be the best option so traditional methods may be more practical you know maybe a better fit for them so that was something that I was interested in. I said, you know what? I may be able to do this in college. And so after doing research and seeing that there were doctors who treated their patients using an integrative approach, like integrative medicine, that, that led me to being able to think about what I would major in in college. And so when I was getting around people and started asking questions, questions of, Okay, I may need to go to med school in order to do this. What would be the best thing to major in? And so they said, well, you're going to have to take the MCAT in order to get into med school. So maybe biology or chemistry would be best. So I took a blonde shot at it and I said, uh, I guess I'll pick chemistry. And when I say I blindly shot at chemistry, I blindly shot at chemistry. I just said, any, 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 I just picked one. And boom, a chemistry major is what I decided to do. But here I am, just from my interest, cooking up things in the kitchen and just trying to, to, to figure out how do, how do I do this? How do I do this thing? You know, but yeah, so that's how I got there. Another part of research is going and looking at people who are actually in your field. And like I said, we have these things readily available on, at our fingertips. We have Instagram, we have YouTube. We have TikTok now. 
where you can look at people who are in the field that you are interested in. And so we have people that may be doing a day in their life or a vlog of their day and what their day looks like as they are working in their career. And so you may have somebody who shows you what it's like to be a business owner, what it's like to be an architect, what it's like to be in the tech industry, what it's like to be a nurse, what it's like to be an artist. How does it look for them? And so that's one part of it. And that's following people or researching people who are in the field that you're interested in. And so one thing that I did is since I said that I was interested in like whipping up things in the kitchen and whipping up hair deep conditioners and face masks, <laughs> I went through a period in college of saying, okay, I don't, I, I'm not sure whether I fully want to go to med school. So what would be a different route for me? So I gave myself options. So I said, yeah, med school may be an option, but what's something else I'm interested in? And since I knew that I was also interested in making deep conditioners for my hair and making face masks for my face, I said, okay, can I use my chemistry degree in this? And it was yes. And so I found cosmetic chemistry and I said, wow, maybe cosmetic chemistry, it may be something that I could start looking into. And so I started, I researched, I went on Google and then I, a YouTube video popped up of a cosmetic chemist and shout out to her. I found Curly Chemistry and she's a very amazing woman in shows. She talked about the chemistry of hair and the products that go into hair products, right? And who would have thought? You know, and sometimes you got to get creative and sometimes you got to get creative. And I know we're in a time where it's like shoot your shot. Make sure you shoot your shot for opportunities that are going to further your life, further your career, because you never know where you could land. And so I, sh- I shot my shot at Charmaine Curly Chemistry on YouTube. So I was watching her YouTube video and I was really interested in how she broke down chemicals in these products and I said wow that's really interesting and so I found her email and I emailed her I said hi my name is Marilyn Palmer I am a I think I was a junior or something at the time yeah I was, I'm a oh wait was I seeing anyways I told her I attend Winthrop University and I am looking to be a cosmetic chemist it's really interesting to me I just want to talk to you about cosmetic chemistry how did you get into it what did you major in did you have to go to grad school for it what do I need to do what are some tips what does your day look like (laughs) so honestly I can't remember every single question that I asked her but I just expressed to her my interest in cosmetic chemistry and just wanted to know more from her and know more about her and so she got back to me fairly quickly and what she said was yes Marilyn that's fine I would love to have a call with you if, if you're interested we can talk about it And so, yeah, she told me about her life, her schooling, how she furthered her education in order for her to learn more about formulating. And she even gave me some tips on things that I could do. And so this is just to encourage you all to shoot your shot. You don't always got to shoot your shot for a romantic relationship, but you can shoot your shot for connections, for business purposes and for furthering your experiences and furthering your education 
And so, and I honestly think that this is the best thing that you can do. And so, some questions that you really want to make sure that you ask when you make these connections is ask questions that you know that align with you and your values, right? And so, even if you are having a one-on-one conversation with somebody that you shot your shot with, <laughs> or you're just going on TikTok, looking on Instagram, or looking at the day in the life of somebody who has a career that you're in, just start looking for certain things that you know you're going to want to see or you're going to want to implement when you have a career in that field. And so some things that I typically look for is how often do they see their family? Because family is big to me and I really want to have a family in a few years. So I want to know, is their job so demanding that they only see their family after seven o'clock, seven o'clock at night, and then the kids are going to bed. And so they aren't able to really spend a whole lot of time with their family. Does their work consume their weekends? So they're working on weekends as well. So they don't really have a whole lot of free time with their family. That is one big thing. Another thing is how often do they take vacations? Is their workload so extensive that they can't take that many vacations? Is their vacation schedule only every five years? What, like, what do they take vacations often? That's really big because I really, 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 really want to take a whole lot of vacations. <laughs> a big one is how many hours do they work a day or a week? I really want to know that. I think that's something that's really important because you want to know. How much time do they spend in this field every single day, every single week? And so that'll help you gauge how much time you'll be working. Another is, what is the mental health of the people in this field like? And I think that's a big one. That, that's one that really affects how you wake up and how you show up in your job every day. Do you love it? Do you see that everybody else around you or everybody else around them in the environment? Do they love it? Do they want to... I don't want to be too vulgar, but hey, do they feel like uh, taking a break all the time? Or is their mental health really shot in this field? That's one thing you really, really want to know. Does everybody here feel depressed? Does every And I think a big one is, do you see a lot of people in this field taking drugs or drinking a lot or using all types of other means to escape the pain and escape the workload that they have so much from this career that's a big one and you really want to make sure you ask that question or you look out for this big one and I know and I know one that's really big is how much money do they make now if you're on a one-on-one call number one tip is never ask someone directly how much money do you make never never ask that that's one question that's not too tasteful especially if you aren't as close to them. Like me, I wouldn't have asked Charmaine how much money she makes as a cosmetic chemist because I just met her, you know? (laughs) But one thing that you can ask is, you can say, hey, what's a ballpark range of people who are just starting out in this field? I think that's better. And a lot of people on YouTube do disclose a ballpark range or some may give the exact amount that they make in certain fields so you could go that way and of course you always have google so you can always utilize that so that is for 
that's our tip of following people, doing your research, and really asking the questions that you really want to see when you are thinking about going to a certain career. And so after you've done your research, after you followed the people, maybe done a one-on-one with a certain person, and now it's time to start shooting your shots, getting some actual experience. And so one thing that I think is always tried and true, that is the old faithful word of mouth. Word of mouth, I feel like will always be the best thing of getting experience and getting new opportunities. It's just getting out, meeting new people, telling them who you are, telling them where you're from, telling them what you do, what you're interested in. And then they'll be able to say, you know what? Oh my gosh, well, I heard about this opportunity or you know what? I know somebody, let me connect you with them. That has been the biggest thing for me of how I've gotten connections and how I've gotten more experience in the field. Because, hey, talking, I'm, I'm, I'm related to this person and they know this person and they say, hey, you want to, I'm telling you, it works. But outside of word of mouth, you can always utilize the internet. So researching, what are some internships that I can go to? I'm interested in tech. Could I shadow somebody who works in a tech company? Could I intern at Google? Could I intern at a tech company in my city or in a city nearby? Always, always be on the lookout. And of course, you have websites like LinkedIn or you always have Instagram. You can slide in somebody's DMs. Twitter, that's good for networking, I've heard. And also, a big one is looking out for opportunities at your school. And sometimes schools and universities will have posters posted up and they'll tell, hey, paid internship at such and such location or research opportunity at such and such university. And sometimes these places are states away. Sometimes they're cities away. Sometimes they are close to you in town. So be on the lookout for those. And you can also get in touch with your teachers, your professors. Remember that they have networked as well as they have progressed in their career. So they know people. They've gone to school with people. They have colleagues that may be interested in the same thing that you are trying to have a career in. And so... Do not ever hesitate to reach out to them, to talk to them, to get close to them. Because a lot of opportunities could be hidden in those places. Try and branch out as much as you can. And don't be afraid to shoot your shot for those experiences. Like I said before, word of mouth is key. Just by me talking to someone, or um, and I would say my research mentor And I'm very thankful that I met him, but he has put me in a position to succeed by allowing me to know about, by telling me about research opportunities in states and states away, like 14 hours away from me, and I've taken them. Or telling me about a certain person, and he would give me the contact, and just linking me up, or telling me about a cosmetic chemist that he knew, of a student that he used to know that was at a school that he was at and so he gave me her contact I'm telling you making sure you keep up with your connections is going to be golden for your life and so here's the thing about experience you want to make sure you get experience because there is no need in spending years and years of your life and a whole bunch of money and time preparing for a career 
that you hate when you get in. So that's the great thing about experience is that it allows you to get in the door, get your feet wet, see how it looks so that you can realize, okay, is this a no or is this a go? Should I continue to stay on this track or not? And that helps you when you start shadowing someone or when you start getting the experience of working alongside someone or you get an internship in a company. You're like, I hate this. Or you're like, oh my gosh, I love it. It's like, let's just say you have someone who runs the stats for big companies like YouTube. So they do the math They figure out all the metrics. They figure out what are the numbers of subscribers. So if somebody has this amount of subscribers or this amount of views on a video, I'm going to, we're going to push those videos up towards the top. We're going to push those up towards the watch. Now we're going to imagine you have somebody who runs the numbers for YouTube, right? And so you're like, oh my gosh, I think that would be something great. I love math. I love figuring out the numbers. I love figuring out the codes. I'm going to do that. And so you shadow them. And then they say, okay, I need you to meet me at 5 a.m. That's when my day starts. You meet them. You're like, oh, my gosh, 5 a.m. is, oh, my gosh, it's a little too early. But okay, I got it. So you meet them at 5 a.m. You see how stressful their day is. You see they wake up at 5 a.m. They get to, they have maybe a 30-minute commute. They go grab them coffee, go grab them a Danish, and then they run into the office. And as soon as they get there, they're like, and as soon as they get into the office, somebody's already in their face saying, oh, my gosh, can you please help me? This isn't working. This is crashed. And then you got to fix that problem. And you see them work out, sort out the issues and fix that problem. And then you see that they go to answer emails because their inbox is filled with YouTubers who may be cursing them out or very mad that their views have been dropping lately. And so they have to deal with them, get on calls, get on Zoom meetings, maybe talk to these YouTubers to discuss how the metrics have changed, how YouTube is changing up, how videos are now at the top based upon views or based upon likes or just based upon the last video that they watched. And then you see them and YouTube is crashed. So they're helping a colleague, get YouTube back up. <laughs> Somebody's video isn't playing. And I'm just make, making up random scenarios here. Their day could look full. And then they go throughout the whole day, and it's about 6 p.m. They haven't eaten, and you're like, oh, my gosh, so when do you get time to eat? And they're like, thank you for reminding me. I'm going to go grab a burger. Do you want to come with me? <laughs> and, you, and, and while you're alongside of them, you start asking them questions. So do you have a family? Well, yeah, I do have a family. I have two kids. Okay, so how often do you see them? Well, I don't see them until about, I don't see my wife until about 9 p.m. And then by the time I get home, my kids are already in bed. Okay. And so you ask yourself, okay, do I want a lifestyle like this? Do I want this stress? Do I, or do I love it? Do I, do I love always having something pop up? Do I love the excitement? Do I love having my day look different? Do I love this? That's exactly what you want to experience. You want to get in there and get your feet wet of knowing, wow, that is how their life looks. And that is exactly how I want mine to look. 
or wow that's how their life looks I don't think I want that anymore but the thing about experience is that it teaches you it teaches you what you want and what you don't want because you've had a chance to get in there and experience it for yourself and one of our other tips is make sure you get creative. Don't be afraid to branch out. There are some interesting jobs in STEM and many of them we don't even know about. Don't be afraid to merge some of your interests. If you are somebody in science and you love art and you love to draw and you love to paint, don't be afraid of branching out and not just thinking that you have to separate your art from your love for science. What if you are someone who's an illustrator for science textbooks or medical textbooks? Or you help to draw out and create physical models that doctors can use to teach other medical students of what a heart looks like or what a pancreas looks like. Don't you see how cool that is? So don't think that you always have to separate your interests from each other. Sometimes you can merge them. So get creative. And one thing I think you can always do is understanding that you can always get, you can also get creative by branching out and learning other skills in areas that you probably are not going to work in forever. Let me give you an example. So I felt led to apply to Chick-fil-A. And so I applied to Chick-fil-A. I got the job. And here's the thing. I wasn't working in the front, interacting with customers. They told me that I'll be able to work in the back. And so although I wasn't working with customers, I was still interacting with the other team members, right? And I didn't know this at first, but that job really, 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 and I still work there. So it's still teaching me the fundamentals of not only how to work with people, but how top companies work, how their systems are, how they can be one of the most caring companies in the world. It also taught me how to prioritize tasks. If this isn't important right now, move on to the next one. It taught me how to do that quickly and to move more efficiently, you know? And so you get creative by branching out because not every job You're not going to have every single job forever, but you're going to have some jobs that allow you to take certain skills and certain qualities that you're going to need later. That you're going to need later. So although I want to work in science, I want to work somewhere in science. I don't know whether I'll end up in a lab. I I don't know what I'll be. I don't know whether I'll be a doctor. I don't know what I'll be. But what it taught me is, is that from working at a place like Chick-fil-A, I could definitely use the systems that they take of being a caring company. I could use that if I become a doctor or strategizing and prioritizing tasks quickly. I could definitely use that in research because in research, you're going to have a whole lot of tasks to do and you're going to have to think. If I know this runs this time and this runs this time, what should I do first? Okay, so that's a part of being creative. Get creative. You can merge and don't be afraid to merge two things that you love and two things that you're interested in. And lastly, our very last point is if you are someone who's already who is who are already in field and you're thinking, gosh, I want to quit. 
don't give up just yet. Don't give up just yet. Weigh the options. You may have to change up your tactic. You may have to change up the place, the company, but don't quit just yet. Don't quit the actual thing just yet. First, I'm not telling you if you're at a place that is treating you wrongly, you're getting discriminated against, whatever it may be, please leave. Please leave. But if the only reason you're contemplating leaving is because it's too hard, I would say don't leave just yet. Still think it through. Now, at the end of the day, it's still your choice, but I still want to give you some encouragement that you don't want to leave and give up on things just because they're hard. Okay? Just because they're hard. Ask yourself, am I switching because it's hard? Because I'm, I'm going to tell y'all, newsflash, almost anything you do or almost anything you go to, you won't be able to escape difficulty. You can't escape the hard forever. So I'm saying don't run away from it. Don't run away from difficulty. Don't run away from hard times and obstacles because honestly, those things, those uncomfortable moments are going to help grow you, especially in your field. When you get mad, when you get pissed off, when things don't start working out, those are the times where you can continue to work it. And honestly, yes, even things you're passionate about, you can still have days where you're like, I don't feel like getting up. I don't feel like going. Oh my gosh, this sucks. You can still be passionate about it, but you're still going to have days where you feel like, oh my gosh, this is just not working out. So don't stick it through. Stick it through. Don't give up just yet. If you're in a field that you were once passionate about and now you're feeling as if, oh my gosh, I just want to give up. Don't give up just yet. Don't give up just yet. I believe in you. I love you all. And I I just believe that this was honestly one of my favorite episodes because this is something that not only have I questioned for so long, I still am questioning it to this day in real time. I don't know what field is for me. So I, if I have this question, I know many, many, many of you have this question as well. And you don't even have to be in STEM to have this question. Everybody has this question. Whether you're an artist, a teacher, a scientist, a doctor, a lawyer, a gardener, <laughs> whatever you are, a lot of you may have this, this question of, am I in the right place? Am I in the right seat? Am I in the right field? And so just a little recap, start writing a list of your interests. What are you passionate about? And then do some research, find people who are in that field that you are interested in and see how, see how they see what their life looks like. And then start branching out to get some experience there to see if this is really something you want to do and get creative, get creative. Sometimes you can merge two things that you love. Sometimes you can mix and match. And lastly, make sure that you're in it for the right reasons and make sure you don't leave it leave your field for the wrong reasons don't leave just because it's hard okay stick it through have some stick to itiveness <laughs> so i just want to say i am so grateful for every single one of you this has been a great episode and have a great rest of your week i love you all and remember we are raised to dominate stem bye
Get it, get it, get it. I pray that you get it, even if I can't get it with you. I pray to God you never let the little things in life distract you from the bigger picture. Everybody in the city to me like a